listening to the weekly podcast of Fellowship Bible Church of Paragool. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.fellowshipparagool.com. Good morning. Let's try it one more time. Good morning. Good morning and uh, happy birthday to everyone. Uh, man, it is so good to have you uh, with us today celebrating uh, not just three years of our church's life, but more importantly, as Tim said, Jesus Christ. We're just a bunch of imperfect people standing in need of one perfect Savior together. And so uh, if you are imperfect, you are in the right place. Um, we want to welcome you if you are a first-time guest. There's a couple ways. If you want to get connected with our church, you just want to get more information, um, you can grab a sheet right here on this little table when you leave um, that just has more information about ways you can get involved, how you can get connected into a missional community, phone numbers, contact information, all of that good stuff. It also has our, our Facebook address on there, which is just facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Fellowship Paragold. It's got our website on there, fellowshipparagold.com. All sorts of ways uh, for you to get information. And then if you want me to connect with you on your terms, you can grab one of these connect cards. And I promise you, um, it says on here that, that we will connect with you the way you want, whether that be a phone call, a text, or an email. Um, if you want to go get a free lunch sometime this week or next, you can fill that out and say, hey, I want to get a lunch with you and we can go and, and we can just talk and I'd love to just hear your story and know how that we can serve you and your family in any way. And so again, uh, we are delighted to have you. Um, you can relax. We don't expect anything from you other than you come and, and just expect to hear from Jesus. So, hey, because it's our um, birthday today, we're going to do things a little bit different. In just a moment, you're going to hear from several different people about just how God has been uh, working in their lives. But before we do that, I just kind of want to set up their talk. And um, if you're new here, uh, you might wonder kind of how we, we got here. And just kind of the, the gist of it is, is this. Back in, in 2008, um, I wrote in my journal, I was living in Louisville, Kentucky at the time, that I believe God was calling me to plant a church here in Paragold, Arkansas. A church that looked like the church we see in the scriptures. Uh, a church that was committed to taking the good news to the broken, the burnt out, and the hopelessly lost in this city. And after three years later, I decided my wife and, and myself and three other couples, uh, the Jacksons, the Moors, and uh, the Junior Carpenters, um, they decided uh, they were crazy enough to, to trust this plan that God had given us. And so we decided to move forward in planting a fellowship Paragold. And the question that we would get often is, is why Paragold? Right? I mean, why would you plant a church in Paragold, Arkansas, of all places? Right? I mean, there seems to be a church building on every corner. Um, it's in the buckle of the Bible Belt. So why start a new existing church when there's like 100 churches already in a town of 26, 27,000 people? My answer to that question was always the same. What I told people is, is you know, I grew up in Paragold. And from my experience and, and from what I've seen in others, as though there's a lot of Jesus talk here in Paragold, Though there's a lot of people who talk about Jesus, there are very few people, it seems like, have a, a powerful, life-transforming, satisfying relationship with the real, resurrected King Jesus that we see in the Bible. And my hope when we planted this church is that we would see this change in our lifetime. You see, unlike the religious Jesus, the counterfeit Jesus, the Jesus of our heads, that maybe even some of you are still settling for the day, the Jesus who is weak and unable to help us at all, the real Jesus, when he comes to town, you know because unshakable joy comes with him. Right? A joy that outlasts and outshines anything else that the world has 
to offer us. And the Bible speaks about this in Acts chapter, I believe it's uh, chapter 8. And I'm going to put it on the screen for you. Acts chapter 8, starting in, in verse 4. The early church is being scattered because of persecution. And it says in chapter 8, verse 4, Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Which I love that. Like as they're being scattered, as they're being threatened with their very lives, they're like preaching the gospel still as they go. They're not shutting up about what they've seen and experienced. And then look at verse 5. Philip, very ordinary Philip, just like you and me, he went down to the city of Samaria and he proclaimed to them the Christ. And I want you to look at the result of what happened in the city. Verse 8. He proclaimed to them the Christ. In verse 8, what does it say? So there was much what in the city? There was much joy in the city. Aren't you glad to know today that the gospel is not primarily about rules to be followed, it's about a joy to be found. And it's found primarily in Jesus Christ. And this joy is not something you have to earn. It's not something that you have to deserve. It's not something you have to work to try to obtain. This joy is found in the perfect life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is how we experience this joy. And Paul goes on in Acts chapter 13. It's probably my favorite verse in all of the Bible. Acts 13, verse 38. And he talks about this joy and he says, Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Isn't it amazing the first thing we see in this passage is that Paul says forgiveness of sins is available to you and he doesn't say it's something that has to be negotiated. I like, isn't it amazing this verse does not say, Jesus does not say this morning to you, hey, you know, I will forgive you if you will read your Bible daily. Hey, I will forgive you if you will have perfect Sunday attendance. Hey, I will forgive you if you can somehow figure your life out and promise me that you're never going to sin again. No, what it says in here is that Jesus says to you this morning, hey, you want forgiveness? Believe in me. He says, believe in, in my perfect life. Believe I lived a perfect life you can never live. Believe I died a death that you and I deserve to die for our sins against a holy God. Believe the fact that I rose from the dead and that I conquered sin, death, and hell so that you can stand before God now holy, blameless, and accepted. That's how you have forgiveness. And you see, that's the reason we really celebrate today. And we don't celebrate and we don't throw a big party just because we're a three-year-old church. We celebrate because for three years we have been standing in need of Jesus. And what we've discovered is that His grace is sufficient for all of our sins. Amen? That's why we celebrate. And maybe for some of you this morning, golly, like, man, I... I I get it, like, I, my, my dad is a pastor, I grew up in the church, and I've heard so many messages, and you sit here today with no joy in your heart whatsoever. Jesus is just this idea in your head, but it is not a reality, the gospel is not a reality that is explosively alive in your heart, I get it. For some of you here today, honestly, you don't really feel forgiven. You don't feel like, after all you've done, that you should be forgiven, but look right at me. Forgiveness is not up to you. It's up to Jesus. And he says this morning, it doesn't matter if you feel like you should be forgiven. If you will believe in him, forgiveness is available. It's available fully and freely. 
because of his life, death, and resurrection. And it gets even better than this. The real Jesus is way better than we ever imagined he was. He's way better than we could ever comprehend or ever could have made up ourselves. If, you go, if we go on in, in verse 39, he says, Forgiveness is proclaimed to you. And look at this. I can't believe this is in the Bible. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from some things. No. Everyone, everyone who believes is freed from everything. Anybody need to be freed from something in here today? Maybe your past, you've got shame, you've got guilt. I mean, is there anything in your life you look back and you're like, God, I wish I would have never done that. If I could just go back in time, I just would have, I would have changed it. I never would have done this or I would have, I would have responded in this way. Is there anything in your past that you're still just enslaved by? Or maybe is there something even right now today that you feel like you're in slavery to, that you're just in bondage? For some of you, you're ate up with anxiety. Maybe it's lust, bitterness, discontentment. You feel like you're a failure. You're you're addicted to something. And now listen to God. Listen, those of you who feel enslaved. By Jesus, everyone who believes is freed from everything. Is there any better news than that? If there is, tell me what it is. I can't think of anything better. We have grown up hearing that if we want to be freed, we must be better and try harder. If we want to really experience forgiveness, we've got to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we've got to jump through all of these hoops in order to experience true forgiveness and true freedom. And Paul says that is not how Jesus rolls. That's not how the real Jesus works. Again, through this man and by this man, Jesus Christ, we come to God right now as an ex- and as a result, we experience the true joy and the satisfaction and the fulfillment that we are all longing for. You might have woke up this morning feeling like if you want to experience a joy-filled relationship with the God of the universe, you've got to clean yourself up first. And you've got to whip some sin that keeps cropping up in your life. That you've got to figure out all the answers to all of your questions. That you've got to get rid of all doubts. You're still making salvation more about you than about Jesus. The Bible says, Let it be known to you that through the real Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed. And by him, everyone, no matter who you are or where you come from, what you've done or haven't done, can be freed from everything. If you have not experienced this, Jesus, my hope is that changes today. He is way better than you ever imagined he was. And I get it. Again, I get it. Some of you here today, you're sitting here and this, you're going, yeah, 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 yeah. And you just still don't understand who Jesus really is yet. And I pray that today through the power of the Holy Spirit that changes. That your eyes are opened. And you see, he's not who a Sunday school teacher said he was, or a parent said, or another pastor, but Jesus really is who he says he is, and he's done everything that he says he's done. He's accomplished everything that needs to be done for you. If you have experienced this Jesus, there is one appropriate response, and this is why we planted this church out of great joy and out of great gratitude. We want to give our lives now to making the real Jesus known to every man, woman, and child in this city. Because he really is, I believe... And there are many others in this church who believe the same thing, that he is the joy, the satisfaction, the fulfillment, and the forgiveness that we need. And so the question then of what makes us often different at fellowship is how do we make the real Jesus known in this city? 
And for us, it's a pretty simple plan. I mean, we just really believe that the way we're going to make the real Jesus known is by establishing one missional community per thousand people in our city. And this is something that makes us unique. You say, what in the world is a missional community? And a missional community is simply this. A missional community is simply a family of missionary servants seeking to make disciples. A family of missionary servants seeking to make disciples. And and I thought originally when I was going to uh, share with you this morning, I was just going to kind of hash that out for you. But I thought, you know what, because that's kind of ambiguous, what I want to do is I want to bring up several different people. And you know who you are. If you're going to be sharing, why don't you go ahead and come on up. And um, I've asked them to kind of flesh out how they have been, how they've seen this vision work in their lives in the past year. Now, there's a lot of different stories, a lot of different people we could have talked to, but we specifically want to choose some people to come and share this morning based off of their own personal experience just within the past year, okay? And, and what I want to encourage you to do is, um, it, I hope everyone here is going to join us for the party today at 3 o'clock at Swindles. It's going to be off the hook, off the chain, which, what's the right expression? Off the chain, off the chizzy, all right, um, but we're, sorry, um, and so there's going to be four other adults, I do believe, that are going to be baptized, and they're going to be sharing their story today, and you're going to want to come and hear personally how, how the real Jesus has been changing their life, but again, guys, um, I think we're going to start with Tim and, and Derek, here's the mic, um, what I've asked is for um, some of these guys to introduce who's going to be speaking, to talk about one of these identities, and then we're just going to have kind of real-life examples of how we're seeing people embrace these within the context of an MC. So, Good morning. Am I on? Yes. Good morning again. And as Jared has already very beautifully articulated, our church, we exist to see every man, woman, and child experience the real Jesus every day. And that is a beautiful, beautiful vision, but it is something that we cannot accomplish in our own power. And you hear us talk about missional communities all the time, and it's not just some sort of cute little hipster church word that we throw around, okay? <clears throat> it, is, it is a biblical calling to biblical Christianity. And when we talk about missional communities, we're, we're talking about a family of missionary servants. And we're going to be kind of discussing that uh, specifically uh, as Jesus is getting ready to finish his ministry. So he's already lived his perfect life. He's already died the death that we deserved on the cross. And he's already conquered the grave and risen victoriously. And he's given a little pep talk to his people, right? Uh, his disciples. And he says, go, therefore, make disciples. Go to all, all the nations making disciples. And specifically, he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit. And as you see Jesus telling them about that new, that new identity, if you will, being baptized into the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about, Derek and I, we're going to talk specifically about that family aspect. When we are baptized into the name of the Father, we are given a new identity, a new family identity, okay? So um, we were once far from God, and he has now made us in Christ his beloved children. We are perfectly loved children of God. And that's something we get to celebrate. And not only does it affect our vertical relationship with God, but horizontally that makes us brothers and sisters. All right? So in a missional community, we get to enjoy family uh, like never before. And just as like a brief little testimony from my perspective, I don't have any biological family in the state of Arkansas. They all live down in Louisiana. So when I say that these people are my family... I'm not just like symbolically saying, oh, they're kind of like family. These, these people are my family. The people in my mission community are just as much brothers and sisters to me as my own blood relatives. 
um, and we share life together. We, we go through hard times, good times together. And uh, Derek, this brother right here, he has been in my life for a good two and a half years. And we've gotten to share life together. And uh, we've seen each other at our best and our worst and everything in between. And he's going to share a little bit of a, like a brief little snippet of a testimony, if you will, about how he has seen uh, family and how it's affected his life and his, and his biological family as well. And what, how, how the real Jesus has been made known to him through that family. So... Derek Burkhardt, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Tim. I think he said everything I was going to, so I don't have anything to say now. <laughs> no. Uh, so Jennifer and I, uh, I guess we kind of got plugged into uh, fellowship a little differently than some people. We actually started out in a missional community long before we even joined fellowship. Um, and it was weird. Uh, I think within about two to three weeks of of joining, thought I could get through this. Uh, You know, we knew we belonged. the love that these people have for us, I've never experienced it before. Um, it truly is like a family. I mean, I've seen people give up a vehicle because, you know, a vehicle breaks down. They're like, here, take my vehicle. You can use it. We've got an extra. I mean, who's going to do that? I mean, they did, the Masons did that for us, I think, within three weeks. We were strangers and they're giving up stuff for us. Now I'm all messed up. But they still love me, so it's okay. Where was I at? Where was I going? They gave me a car. Well, they didn't give it to us, but they let us borrow it. Um, but, but the missional community family is, it's, you know, I've been a part of small groups before, and, you know, they're nice. The difference is that, you know, after a small group, you, you have your group, and then you go about your business, you go about your week, then you, you come back and you talk again. A mission community is different. We would get together on Sunday night, and Monday, we're still talking. Tuesday, we're still talking. Wednesday, we're hanging out together, still talking. I mean, it's, it's every day I am talking to somebody in my missional community family that is... They're, they're pouring love into me. I'm pouring love into them. I've been uh, gracious enough that I've got to experience a multiplication of a missional community. And my first missional community leader is up here also, Matt Jackson. Um, and it's not so much when you multiply. Matt and I, we're still family. Uh, still, still text on, our, on a regular basis. We still talk. And, and it, that is how it is. You know, when you multiply even in your biological family, you don't lose the rest of that family. So it's just as, as they grow, you're just family grows. And I mean, that's just more love that you're being given that you see. And I think through all that, that's helped me grow as a, as a Christian. It's, it's brought me and my wife closer together. Um, 
It's brought me and my kids closer together. Uh, we just moved to Paragould, and I mean, these people have accepted us, and it just loved us for all our flaws, all our faults, and I, 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 w- I couldn't go back. I mean, there's, I couldn't, I wouldn't give this up for the world. I mean, this is just one of the greatest experiences of my life, and I think that's only possible because of, of the real love of Jesus. If that wasn't there, if that wasn't true, none of this would happen. Thanks, Derek. My name is Matt Jackson. Um, Jared asked me to get up here and just talk a little bit about uh, what it means to be baptized in the name of the Son. As as Tim said, we are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to be baptized in the name of the Son? Um, In Mark 10, we see that... (laughs) Thanks. In Mark 10... (laughs) Yeah. Um, we see that Jesus was sent to uh, not to be served, but to serve. Our king was a servant king, as we sang about earlier. Um, and what does that mean? What, did, what does it mean to, to serve like Jesus served? Um, for those that are committed to Jesus as Lord, that just means that uh, we are to look at Jesus' life. And Jesus served every minute of every day of his life to, for those around us. His, his, his gifts... His time, his possessions were everybody's. And that's how we are to, those that are of us that are um, in Jesus are to serve as well. And Kyle, I've had the opportunity to get to know the last couple of months. He's in our missional community, and we serve at Labor Park. Um, and he's just wanting to share a little bit about what that looks like for him and uh, what his experience so far with us. Right, thanks, Matt. Uh, you know, I just kind of painting the picture of where I started um, about three and a half months ago um, was the first time that we went out to Labor Park. And um, it was, uh, <laughs> to say it lightly, it wasn't, I, it wasn't the, like the best experience for me. Um, I think that uh, Satan really took my joy that day of, of what was going on. Um, you know, it was really hot and my kids uh, were running around like crazy and on the playground equipment and I thought that they were going to die that day. <laughs> But um, it just, you know, I think what, what happened to me that day was um, that I was looking through uh, a, a lens of myself. I was looking, I was worried more about myself than I was worried about um, what was going on out there in the park and the people out there. And, um, you know, I, I really feel like God's called me out on that um, over the last few months and just... You know, as Christians, we're not supposed to be um, living our lives just for ourselves anymore. It's uh, that we're living our lives for others. Um, it's not all about our comfort. You know, that's what I was thinking of as my comfort. Um, but, you know, God, God wasn't worried about my comfort. He's worried, you know, and uh, talking about serving, you know, serving is about compassion and um, you know, Christ, when he saw people, you know, he saw people for who they were and he had compassion on what they were and who they were. And he went out and he healed and he loved and he spent time with those people. And that's what, um, that's what God's been calling me out on these last few months. And just, um, and me and my family is that we need to, um, you know, 
you know, God does want us to, to love Him with all, all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but it's also a, a love for others that He's called us to, that He wants us to love others as we love ourselves. And that's, uh, just as, you know, that's, that's just as important. I've got to display what God has done for me. And, um, you know, and that's what going out to Labor Park's been for me and been for my family. It's been an opportunity to just go and pour ourselves into the people out there through, uh, through providing food, through, uh, hanging out and playing basketball with some of the guys out there, just spending time with them, talking to them, uh, watching our kids play together on the playground. Um, it's, it's amazing, um, just what, what God will do if you'll start focusing not on yourself, but on the people around you. And just, I really feel like that's, you know, that, that was Jesus. He had a servant heart. He wanted to go out and he wanted to spend time all the time with those people. He wanted to, he wanted to invest in their lives. And it, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't, and, and we should be doing the same. And not because, um, you know, not because of something we want to see in them, but just, just because we're Christians, we should want to go and invest in people and love them. And uh, it's just, it's been an amazing work that I've seen uh, in my own life through when, um, through when I take that focus off myself and I try and put it on others. And, and guys, I'm not perfect in that, I promise. Uh, I, don't, I don't win all the time, but um, God, God does show me grace through that. And it's amazing that, um, that I can show grace and what he's done for me to others. And uh, I'm just really thankful for that. I'm thankful for the opportunities that we have just to go and serve and, and hang out with those people. Um, you know, just to, just to love, you know, like some of the kids out there, you know, come up and, um, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago one of the kids come up to me and asked me if they could have a hot dog. You know, it's just, it wasn't anything to me. Like, it wasn't a big deal to me, but the kid just wanted a hot dog. And, um and that's, I just want to, you know, I just want to love on those people and love on those kids. And um, it's just amazing uh, what, what God's done for me and, and what God's done for my family. And uh, Jared, you know, shared with us about being freed. Um, and I really feel like God has freed us not to do what we want to do, but he's freed us to serve. Um, and he's freed us to, to go out and show uh, what he's done through us, and I'm just really appreciative of that, and um, I'm thankful for this church. Uh, I know I've only been here a short time, but uh, it's very exciting, and uh, I'm very thankful. Thank you. Good word. We could end right there. Well, that was church right there. Uh, my mission community is going, why did y'all hand BJ a microphone? <laughs> Guys, I have notes, so it won't. I'll stay on track, and it won't take so long. So, uh, Elizabeth, why don't you come on up? <clears throat> You're going to be fine. Uh, for those that don't know me, I'm BJ Smith, and I, I'm a Michigan community leader over the Restore Food Pantry. And these guys, as Jared has, has talked about, these guys have started with talking about, um, in Matthew 28, Jesus has commanded us to baptize not only in the name of the Father, and in the Son, but also in the Holy Spirit. And so let's talk about that for a second, what that looks like. Um, throughout the New Testament, the Holy Spirit has been the descending agent of the church. He was the one that empowered Jesus uh, during his earthly ministry. 
um, that helped him through all of his times, uh, his struggles, uh, the temptation in the wilderness uh, that, 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 that pushed him along as, as what he needed. And we see the Holy Spirit also guided and comforted the early church um, after Jesus' ascension uh, to go out on mission uh, to help them through the, the struggles and trials. And the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence in us transforms us into sent ones. Uh, which literally means missionaries. And as Christians, guess what? We're all missionaries, all right? Well, let's take a second just to challenge our sometimes incomplete definition of what, what a missionary is. A missionary is not some trained super-Christian that treks off into South Africa in search of Zulu people to try to make disciples out of them, right? All right? Um, no, Jesus sends us his spirit so that we all can be missionaries around those who haven't experienced the forgiveness and freedom that the real Jesus offers, right? And so in Acts 1.8, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and then in Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. And we if you'll notice there in those work instructions, he, state, he clearly states that uh, the first work is to be done at home in Jerusalem and then on into Judea and Samaria and then to the farthest reaches of earth, right? So simply put, we're Christians, we're missionaries, and our work starts right here in this city, even as close as a next-door neighbor. And then, if called, yes, we'll go wherever the Holy Spirit sends us, even if that means in Africa or China or Haiti or wherever we're meant to go. Um, for the last two-plus years, Restore has been answering that local missionary call in the form of a food pantry. And only by God's grace and the Holy Spirit's empowerment have we been able to experience uh, some life transformation. Um, one of God's miracles is our sister Elizabeth. And earlier this year, I had the opportunity to baptize her. So I've asked her to come up and to share how she met the real Jesus through Restore Living as Missionaries. Okay, it was back in the summer of 2013, I started catching a ride to Restore to get a box with a friend. It was a joyful experience and helped me out a lot. I always sat down in front of Miss Becky's during registration. She always talked about Jesus and invited me to church every time. The cinema was too far for me to walk, but when we store moved downtown, I started walking there on Sundays. I started serving with Restore, and they welcomed me with open arms and loved me really well. I started hanging out with them more and more and learning more about Jesus. Then I started coming to the 930. It wasn't long after that that God really started tugging on me. And finally, I saw my need for Jesus, and on May 31st, 2015, I gave my life to him. And a couple of weeks after that, I was baptized. And all of this came about because Restored was being missionaries for Jesus. And I am so blessed to be part of God's family and to have this church and my brothers and sisters. And to be honest with you all, I have been to several churches in Paragold, and I have not felt as comfortable as I do as I am coming here. Now, who's ready to party? 
Happy birthday, fellowship. Well, all right, we've got so much to be thankful for as a church, and I know uh, some of you may have, many people here were not here last year, and you may have seen me, but our family is another one of the families that have came within the last year, but our situation is a, a little bit different, is that we, uh, when we first heard of what God was doing in, in this place, we lived uh, seven hours away in southeast Tennessee, and we really wanted to know if this was real. There may be some of you out there like me who can be a little skeptical of things like this. I'm a, I am a pastor, if you don't know that here, and was a, was a pastor. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I don't do anything, no. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've been a pastor for a long time, for over a decade. And I know all about how pastors and churches can make things sound totally unrealistic. And you may be here this morning and you're wondering, yeah, I bet, I bet Jared and these guys, they've, they have really said, now guys, we're going to have a lot of people there. Make it sound good. <laughs> right? And then some of it goes back to what Jared was saying earlier about who Jesus is, is that's because we've kind of experienced how he is. It's not been a true experience. It's like, yeah, we go to church and we say, wow, isn't Jesus great? And we all act like he's great on Sunday and we all get excited and we praise him. But then when Monday hits, when the realities of marriage and family and bills and relationships hit, we're like, that dude is nowhere to be found. Right? Jesus who? And what I want to say about my experience over these past, this past year is I had went to church my whole life, but until we became a fellowship paragold, we had never been the church. Fellowship paragold doesn't set out to be something special, doesn't set out to be a church in competition with other churches in our community. But we do just want to look into the scriptures and see what Jesus has called us to be as his followers. And just simply follow him together in that. And that's why we've had these people come up here this morning and share these stories. That's why my family is here. It's because we, want, we don't want to just play the religious, checklist, go to church game. Is we really want to experience the joy that is to be found in Jesus. And you hear all these stories about missional communities, and we wondered, is that real? Will, will a people really live as a family? Will a people really live as servants? Will a people really live as missionaries? And what we have found is it is very messy. And so we're not trying to give you some kind of clean, hopped-up commercial here, because if you get involved, you're going to find out how messy it is. But one thing I can tell you, forever how messy it is, it's real. It's real. You will irritate one another. You will misunderstand one another. You will miscommunicate. But through the power of Jesus, through the power of the Spirit, we're not going to give up on each other. Because we have a Savior who hasn't ever given up on us. 
who saw us to the depths of our sin even more deeply than we see the sin in ourselves and others and didn't just stand back and say, whoa, (laughs) I think I'll find an easier way. Because I've said this before, there's a lot, you want a more comfortable church, then you're not in the right place. Right? You want an easier way to do this, you can find a better show, you can find an easier way to slide in and out on Sunday morning, not, and nobody's going to expect you to get involved with anybody else. You can just put on your shiny, happy face and smile, sing your songs, raise your hands, go to the house and then do your thing. But you've heard these testimonies this morning about how lives have been changed. And we had to debate and fight over who we were going to get to come up and do this because we're like, no, I want this person to do it. <laughs> I want this person to do it. Because this, this is real. For the mess, for the, for the realities, it's real. And just want you to imagine, maybe you're here this morning and you have just been attending a Sunday morning service. And we're so thankful you are. And we're not calling you to move any faster than the Spirit's calling you to move. But what we do want to, you to imagine is this church began with, when it officially launched, it started with four families, when it originally launched, 24 families in missional communities. 24 adults. Thank you, Jared. 24 adults in missional communities. And they've seen so many lives changed. And we can't help but dream about what would it look like if everyone here this morning, if, if some Nearly 250 people, adults and children, who are coming regularly, all were a part of a missional community. Getting to experience what it means to encounter the joy of the real Jesus on a daily basis. To experience freedom that's not merely a slogan or a song we sing about, but a reality that we actually get to know. So I... As somebody who's here who doesn't have to be here, like Tim said, I don't have any family here. But as somebody who gets to experience what it actually means to be like the family of God, I, I, just, I just call you that, to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus and to find that although we as pastors will fail you and we as one another will fail one another, that Jesus won't fail us. If we keep him at the center then we will continue to grow as a church. We'll see many more birthday parties and many more people who've experienced the real Jesus being made known. Let's pray as the band comes back. Father, we thank you so much that that you're not just some fairy tale up in the sky that we've created to make us feel better about the fact we're all going to die one day. Thank you that you're just not a crutch for the weak. Thank you that you're just not a cause for the restless. And thank you that you are real. Thank you that you created a world and the world, humanity rebelled against you and you just didn't stay back because it was messy and not what you had designed, but you entered it through the person of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you lived how we could never live and died the death we deserved and rose to give us the life that we could never, ever achieve. Thank you for Fellowship Paragold. God, we give you all the glory. We are royal messes. We are, as we often say, we are jacked up. We are needy. And we give you all the glory for the grace that you are doing in us and through us. 
And God, we just thank you for three years. God, we don't deserve one second of it. But you've been so faithful. And Father, I just thank you for everyone in this room that's here today. I know you want them to experience the joy of Jesus. I thank you for my missional community, God. And I thank you for the way they are family to us and serve us and live on mission with us. I thank you for each one of them. And I pray, God, that you would unite us, that you would raise up the people in this room to be an army sent out into this city for the sake of joy. God, would much laughter and much changed lives come through knowing you. In Jesus' name, amen.